You know that feeling when you walk away from a conversation and the perfect insult comes to your mind just a minute too late? Well, the jerk store called and they're running out of you. The French have a term for it. Esperet de escalier. Or the witty comeback you think of after you've left the situation. There is science behind why that happens. When you're in a confrontation, the limbic portion of your brain kicks into fight or flight mode, allocating all available resources into keeping you alive. Unfortunately, both cleverness and people suffer. Once the moment passes, blood that was being diverted to your muscles and to your vision with a shot of adrenaline returns to the rational part of your brain. So you are able to think of what you could moment. I wish I had that feeling often. The feeling I have more regularly is, why didn't I put my hand over my mouth and not say the thing I thought of? Tragedy, where's like toothpaste? Once they're out of the tube, there's no putting them back in. The book of Proverbs says that the tongue contains the power of both life and death. Proverbs 18 verse 21. It's like a tiny nuclear reactor cable of being both an energy plant that lights up a town and a bomb that can destroy a city. Orville Wright was heartsick over the use of airplanes in World War II because they allowed mankind the option of raining bombs from the sky. It disturbed him to know that he had created something that would do so much harm, yet he didn't regret the invention. What reassured him was knowing that all things that can do so much good can also do great evil. Bricks can be used to build hospitals or be thrown through windows. Water can quench a thirst or it can flood a city. Likewise, words are neutral in and of themselves. It's how you use them that determines whether they are good or bad. That is the argument James makes in one of the most powerful statements on speech ever put into words. (laughs) Pun intended. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member 
and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every beast and bird of reptile and jealousy is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man is an unbelievable, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men who have made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. James explained that one tiny spark, a cigarette thrown out of a car window or an improperly doused fire, can lead to an inferno that burns down a whole forest. In the same way, a single sentence can alter your life. I love you. Will you marry me? It's a boy. I want a divorce. I forgive you. I'm sorry. A sentence can devastate. We're going to have to let you go. It's cancer. There's nothing more we can do. But it can just as easily cause you to celebrate. You're being promoted. You have the golden ticket. Your long-lost aunt left you an enormous inheritance. Words can cost you your job. Don Imus had a successful radio career, but he was brought down by uttering a racial slur. Words can cost you your life. Mouth off to the wrong person and you might get yourself killed. When I read what James wrote about the tongue's deadly poison, I can't help but to think of the Komodo dragon, the largest living lizard. Komodo dragons are stocky and built low to the ground. Even though they're not fast, they can kill pigs and even cows with their venom. Careless words, too, can cause hurt sometimes even kill. Besides poison and fire, which have obvious dangers, James used the analogies of horseback riding and boating, two fun activities that can quickly go wrong. Just as heredity controls what kind of tongue you have, whether you can roll it up or how long it is, heredity is also the reason our tongues are so destructive. 
We read in Romans 5 verse 12 that it's our sin nature that makes our words so dangerous. Through one man's sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Fortunately, whatever can be used for evil can be reclaimed and used for good. The tongue can be set on fire by hell, but it can also be set on fire by heaven. While under control of the Holy Spirit, Peter, who had cursed Christ and denied knowing him, preached the gospel to the saving of 2,000 souls on the day of Pentecost. Proverbs 25:11 tells us, "A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. If your speech is filled with grace, Colossians 4:6, your words will have the same impact salt or Tabasco salt does on food. They will make things better. Then your words can build people up, share the gospel, pray for the sick. Your words can encourage comfort, reassure, and make people laugh. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Sometimes you need to speak difficult words that are necessary to help people become who they were born to be. In a sense, love will ask you to have friends and that's a good thing. When the tongue is working properly, it is both a spring that refreshes and a fruit tree that nourishes. Around voice is dangerous, and avoiding accident can be a disaster. But when the is firmly in place and the rudder steers correctly, you can enjoy scenery that is both beautiful and pleasurable. Paul instructed the Ephesians to choose their words carefully. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Ephesians 1 9. Consider the message's translation of this verse. Watch the way you walk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. What could happen if words you used weren't foul or dirty, but rather were gifts for those you were speaking to? If Jesus is the Lord of your life, he must be the Lord of your lips too. today's daily meditation and prayer. Today's meditation is warm your heart. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Luke 24 32. 
I experienced the love of God. Sit quietly and think of a time when you felt the presence of God. Perhaps it was in church or while vacationing in nature's beauty. Perhaps it was an answer to prayer or a realization of truth. Was it a devotional time and God spoke to you? Fix your mind on that experience and sense what it felt like. As you begin to recall the experience, let it seep into the present moment. Invite God to make his presence known to you. Welcome him. Focus on his love for you. As you meditate on his love, let him warm your heart and surpass your knowledge. Affirm, I experience the love of God. Father, I long to know you in a more deep and intimate way. Guide me into your presence. Reveal more of yourself to me. I pray that I may really grasp all the love you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. How are you doing with your mouth? Is it out of control? Or are your words like apples of gold and settings of silver? It's up to us what words we speak. What do you want to say? Come share with me. Drop a message. I want to hear from you.